there was time now. There was, was all the time I needed. Well, I'm, I'm leaving my current job. That's the biggest thing. So, Are you excited about that? I am. Yeah. I, uh... So, on your last day, are you going to, like, tell everybody to, like, kick rocks and, you know, really you hate them? To. I really want to. You uh, should. <laughs> I'm trying to, well, see, my plan is I used, I currently just use, I have two days of PTO left for the year. And mm -hmm. I just used them, so I'm off. This is my weekend off, and I'm off. I took Monday and Tuesday. Because mm -hmm. I know they wouldn't give it to me after I put my two weeks in. Yeah. So my plan is on Monday, tomorrow, I'm going to call my supervisor and say, yeah, so I needed those two days to get my affairs <laughs> in order. Um, I'm actually putting in my resignation. Um, yes. Now, I want to put my two weeks in, but the thing is, when I do it that Monday, my technically, my last day would be the Monday after my weekend off. I don't want to do that. So I'm just because <laughs> it doesn't make sense for me to have that weekend off. And then my last day is that Monday. Yeah. That's it. So that I'm just oh, gonna, yeah, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. work until the I think it's the 22nd, which is that Friday. And then mm -hmm. that's it. Um, yeah. You're going to say no. I'm like, OK, well, I can just be done now if you want. But they won't say that. Yeah. You're never going to go back anyway. So it doesn't exactly. Matter. <laughs> so, yeah. You just burn help? every bridge on your way out <laughs> yeah. yeah that's so. you gotta go out like straight up and down this is the worst place in the world i'm never <laughs> i don't want to work here ever again so i'm not giving a two-week notice bye <laughs> i put in my two weeks and they said that i couldn't use my vacation but then they let somebody else who quit the same day use yeah. their vacation yeah during their two weeks yeah that's i mean it. that's because they the other person like was like um yeah i will call the department or the better business bureau like i need to know <laughs> and they try to say like it was in the contract or you know in our handbook or whatever but it actually like, was because I the director in my position sent me that handbook and was like here you piece mm -hmm. of shit <laughs> <laughs> <Take it and laughs> <leave. laughs> here's the actual writing because i said i was like well there's somebody in another department that's doing it and then that's when they fired back with the actual like section of the handbook and they were pretty much like yeah you dumb fuck so how are you gonna like <laughs> step now yeah <laughs> all right well we're in on that note <laughs> we're trying something different with a sort of relaxed fit yeah, um, you expected your favorite pair of mom jeans. Like it's a like a good pair of mom jeans. I love my mom jeans actually. I, I like to wear them all the time. They're very comfortable. So relaxed fit. They yeah. are very relaxed fit. I, it, I mean, and then once you get one pair of mom jeans, you just like there's no other pair. You can't put a skinny pair of jeans on again. You have to keep wearing the mom jeans. Well, skinny anyway. jeans are now mom jeans. Well, not my skinny jeans. My mom jeans are mom jeans. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> We're calling this short stories because it's just a little short, little bonus episode that we wanted to treat our listeners to. And the real treat is that we have a special guest, our very first guest. And you may have heard him every single episode in the intro. We'd like to welcome to the podcast, Kian Wilson, one of our most loyal listeners and fans. And well, as the first member of whatever cult Crystal is starting, <laughs> Kian unknowingly is part of that cult. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to Ayana and Crystal's book club. 
Yeah, big welcome to Kian. So today we're going to be discussing the inspiration for the quote in our intro. Um, but before we do that, we'd like to start a little tradition of getting to know our guests. You know, whenever we add a third or or fourth, I'm totally open-minded. So <laughs> let's interrogate Kian. First, who is your favorite author? Or, you know, if you don't have a favorite author, what's your all-time favorite book? Uh, I would say my favorite author is Carl Weber. Um oh. I like his writing style because he writes in first person. So typically his books are either a group of friends or a family. Like the main character is a guy and then he has three adult kids and his wife and best friend. So it's usually about three to five characters. Is there like a book from him that you like the most? Uh, It's a lot because a lot of his books are like series, quote unquote because they you don't have to read them all but they if you have read them all there's easter eggs and all of them hmm. um the first book probably the first book because it's like you know it's the first time i read anything like that um married men mm-hmm. it's about four friends so every chapter is a is from the one person's point of view oh, okay. and it all intersects and the way you, it writes everybody has their own drama so you kind of get you kind of get lost in that drama of the chapter. And then you read the next chapter. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was going on with him. Yeah, what's going on? And then you want to read. And then you get to the next chapter. Oh, yeah, okay, what's going on with that? So that keeps me interested. (laughs) Yeah, I've never read any Carl Weber, but that actually sounds pretty good. I like stuff like that. So are you more of a fiction guy or do you dabble in in reality sometimes too? reality every now and again i'll do a reality maybe like a self-help motivation type of book um but i would say fiction is probably my foundation in terms of reading that's how i you know got into it (laughs) being a uh adolescent i don't know how it was with you guys but like in philly uh in high school girls were reading a lot of book like coldest whenever and all that that was popular and when it got to the juicy parts, they would get, hey, read this. And then we would read those parts. And then it got to the point where, yeah, when it gets to the crazy part, just bring it so I can read it. And then reading those parts made me want to read the rest of them. That pretty much started my journey. Oh, so you read the part about um, a man's uh, testicles up against the white leather seat of his Acura in <laughs> Coldest Winter Ever? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I read it. It's, yeah. <laughs> I guess as a teenager. traumatized by this book. <laughs> right. <laughs> as a teenager, when you read that, I'm sure it's just like funny too. Because like you yeah, read yeah. it and then it's like the contrast. So I'm sure it's just like, oh, she said balls. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, yeah. Because it's like, well, back then I was, this is so descriptive. I, and then <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how descriptive those type of books were. Right. Then the girls started reading Zane books. Those mm. are, yeah. You talk about descriptive. That's something else. Uh, <laughs> I had to put the, I read a few of those. I had to put the book down a few times. This is too much. This that's pure, much. that's pure porn. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. You know how it is when you read your mind. Yeah. That's what it. Reading, so Nothing like, but porn. This is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, how do you feel about audiobooks? 
<laughs> oh, the hot button topic. Hot button, hot seat. Um, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, because with me, Crystal, end the podcast now. <laughs> Get off of our show. How dare you? No, I'm just joking. I'm a, I'm a fan because of uh, my brain is weird. Like sometimes when I read silently, it um like my mind, like my eyes are going faster than my mind can comprehend. So mm-hmm. I typically have to, I end up reading, like I'll read a paragraph two, three times because I'm skipping stuff. My brain is trying to catch up. But so when it's like audio books, I'm listening. Sometimes I'll even read a book out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with Carl Weber, it's easier to do that because it's in first person. So I can comprehend it and I'm reading it, you know, I can read it once and it allows my brain to catch up. So audio book is like an extension of that, you know, me hearing it, I can comprehend it. And that doesn't mean I'll only listen isn't every once in a while. And to me, it's certain mediums, like certain books are better for audio books, I think. Uh, like a lot of the those self-help or inspirational type of books, to me, I uh, comprehend them better. I, I mean, I agree with that point. Like I said that as far as the self-help and motivational, because it's, it's like you're getting like a power speech, you know what I mean? Right, like right. you hear, you, you know, we're not going to go back into the audiobook thing, right. but <laughs> I, I understand and I, and I respect that fact. And, um, you know, I can agree to disagree, <laughs> but, but today is Halloween. So we did something a little different. We watched the Twilight episode, Time Enough at Last. The the quote in the intro is, um, Kian, can you say your line that you say in the the intro? (laughs) There was time now. There was was all the time I needed. Scary. It sounds just like the intro. (laughs) I know, right? That's good. (laughs) I got it. I got it down. <laughs> he did send me like three different takes. And the one was really funny because um, he sent me one where like, I've known Kian for years. So when he does like, like if, like if a girl says something to him, he does like a girl voice, but it's, it doesn't matter who the girl is. It's always the same voice for any woman that he's like, yeah, he can't do female voices. So <laughs> like he always does like a female voice. And so the one intro, it just sounded like when he's complaining about like a girl whining to him about some dumb shit, like the line that he gave is like that girl voice. I thought that was funny, but it wouldn't have fit. It was, yeah, because that's the one I gave three different like options for you guys. Cause And that's the one I was trying to imitate Burgess Meredith. Because if in that episode, I don't know if it's the times, but whole episode just the way he's talking oh yeah this is great i yeah i, I have all that i need I believe this like, <laughs> so, so, so i didn't know if you wanted like you know, an a whiny little that. girl <laughs> and then i just switched it up on the other one so that's, that's funny because when my husband imitates my voice it, it has it's like a lot of bass in it and i'm like do i have bass in my voice but he's always like kyle did you put your clothes away i'm like do I sound like that? <laughs> no, it's because he's making you sound like the aggressor. Like in his mind, oh, you're this like yeah. domineering, like massive matter. person hanging over him being like, Kyle, do this. Yeah, I could be sense. like, do, do you want, hey, honey, are you ready for dinner? You want to come down and eat? He's like, do you want to eat? Come down and eat. Like, why am I just so crazy? <laughs> Kyle, 
Kyle, are you ready to go to the store? Kyle, you piece of shit. Let's go. <laughs> That's it. Like Let's all of this, like this abuser like, just towering <laughs> over him. <laughs> well, Crystal actually came up with all of that on her own as far as like the um, intro and getting you to be the voice of the intro. Normally when she has an idea on her own and runs with it, it's terrifying. It's (laughs) terrifying for me and all that are involved, but this one felt right. So we want to discuss like why the intro felt fitting for the book club. (laughs) Um, yes. So I think, yeah, let's just discuss like why we think it's fitting for the, the, for the book club. Like what, so I'll give my thoughts, um, kind of afterwards, since I was the one that, you know, came up with it and I don't want to taint your opinions, but I want you guys to get inside my mind for a minute. So really just, this is going to be a terrifying ride for the two of you, but pretend you're me for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) and you are going through life just being as fucked up as possible so (laughs) what when you watched the episode (laughs) we're gonna do a little exercise because you love psychological thrillers you're about to be thrilled (laughs) head on down to my parents basement (laughs) well as the guests you can start first why do you think it was fitting for after watching the episode? Why do you think it was fitting for the book club? Uh, well, I think it makes sense now after watching the episode. I will admit because I hadn't seen the episode before. Um, and when Crystal asked me to do the intro, she sent like the YouTube clip of just that scene. And I kind of got it because you can kind of get the gist. But watching the whole episode, you get it because the whole thing is about, especially if it's a book, if it's a book club podcast, any true bibliophile, that's all you want to do is read. Mm-hmm. And that's what the episode was about. Like, that's all he wanted to do was read. And he never had time to read because of life, mm-hmm. you know, having to work and his wife and like never letting him read. So his ultimate dream was to just be somewhere and just read all day. So I, in that, you know, that line encapsulates the episode, which encapsulates a true bibliophile, like all you want to do is read. Yeah, agree. First, I just want to give a um, insight onto me. I have never watched, the tw- well, I've watched the Twilight Zone here and there, but I am the scariest person <laughs> out here when it comes to movies. I don't watch any horror movies. I don't watch anything that is remotely scary because I am, I have a vivid imagination. So once you tell me, you know, that this is a scary scene, all I can do is imagine this happening in my life. And then once, you know, the lights go out, I can never sleep again. So (laughs) while watching the episode that um, Crystal sent to me, I watched and I definitely understood, but I also had like a fear, like like watching it like this, like something bad's about to happen. <laughs> you know I mean, I'm like, you, you, because it's like black and white, the music, the talking, like everything was like, and I and I actually watched a different clip um, on YouTube. It was still the, the full episode, but then it was a guy at the end talking, <laughs> which scared the living shit out of me because <laughs> he just popped on and was like, "Okay, let's talk about." I was like, "Oh God, what? what 
Did you listen to his commentary or did you like? Uh, no, turn once it off? he popped on and, and started talking, it scared and, like, the shit out of you. Yeah, he literally had like bug eyes. I was like, let's discuss the. Oh no! Like, yeah, hey, that no off. sir, no sir. No. You will not uh, take my soul through this TV. <laughs> but yes, I agree with what Kian said. It definitely made sense as far as like all you want to do is read, and like he finally had time, and like he had all the like all the books were everywhere, and he's like, I can you know just dive into every book here so yes it's like probably one of my favorite twilight zone episodes for that reason because like it is you know one of those things where when you love reading you're like oh my god yes this is awesome like if that were me in this situation yeah first thing i'm going to the library fuck my family i gotta make sure i can read (laughs) so but i did watch it with uh someone last night and we were sitting there talking and i was like I don't think that like these things really make sense because once you've seen something so many times, you start dissecting it. And I'm like, where are all the bodies? Like these books were unburned and like, you know, these buildings, but where are all these bodies? So like the books were not eviscerated, but there's no like shred of humanity left. And he was like, I think that that would have been a bit much for 1950s, like, television and blood everywhere yeah that's like like airing blood off the book so he can read yeah because these were airing like you know 1950s prime time people were not desensitized to the violence like we are so that was just something that i realized last night but so initially when i came up with this It was, of course, you know, we talked about starting a book club during the pandemic. And I think that there's just like little things that have happened within the last year or so for people that feels like, you know, this sort of apocalypse where like, especially when we were locked down, you have all this time. And like at first when we go into lockdown, like I personally was like freaking out, like this is horrible. This is the worst possible thing. I'm going to lose my mind. And then I realized I never really had it together anyway. So go ahead and lock me in a room by myself with my own thoughts. It's horrifying. So I then think horrifying to be adjacent to that room of her locked in there by herself. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, my neighbors were really happy that I moved back home during the pandemic. <laughs> but I think that like I tried to reach out to people in general, then like who I knew either lived alone, like Kian also lives alone to anybody out there. I'll give you his address if you DM me. He's all by himself and he's got all his shoes. No, so I <laughs> I like feel like I reached out to my friends who I knew lived alone. And even just friends in general who I know may have gone through some things because of like how severe this is and like what I was dealing with. Like you just have this like overwhelming fear and everything. But then I kind of realized like, wait, I have time now. Like I actually have time to do what I love, which is read. But then, you know, you get crushed under the weight of depression and shit. And that's like your glasses breaking. That's basically what it was. So it felt so real to me on so many levels that like, it's just this roller coaster of like, yeah, the world is ending or it feels like it's ending or in his case, it did end. But there can be, depending on how you frame it, like, yeah, there's nobody else around, but you love reading. So you can find books you finally have the time but then your glasses break i don't know it just and then we started the book club and then that was really deep that yeah was, that was yeah you tell the listeners what episode like what season what episode just in case they want to watch it as themselves 
Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Because I said that at the end of the last episode. Right. I think so. It's season. So Twilight Zone season one, episode eight. Yes. Time enough at last is what it's called. Of the original Twilight Zone, so people know, yes. so they don't go looking for the Jordan Peele one. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. true. Or that's the true. one that came out in the night. It, it came back out in like the nineties, early two thousands too. Yeah, with the, the guy, I I don't remember what his name is, but he creeped me out too. Like I was <laughs> Rod like, Serling. I, it, yes, I couldn't. I was like, this dude is crazy. <laughs> I, I'm you just, really I'm, were freaked out. Listen, well. It, also, my sister, I was young. My sister's nine years older than me. So I don't know. We were super young, sharing a bedroom. I watched Poltergeist for the first time. And okay, so I watched it for the first time when we had cable. So cable was uncut like TV, no commercials. It was straight through uncut raw. Watched the whole thing with her. And she, when we went to sleep, I was already freaked out about it. But when we went to sleep, she waited for me to like get to like a good comfortable sleep level and would sing like songs or like say things from Poltergeist movie while it like whispered in my ear. She was terrible. That's fucked up. I was freaked out. No, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't even Poltergeist. It it was the exorcist. Exorcist. That's what we watched. It was exorcist. And I was like, so the exorcist gave me nightmares. I can't watch any paranormal stuff or demon stuff because of the exorcist. I don't like any of that. Like people thought like Freddie and stuff like that was funny. And I know it was funny. It wasn't like terrifying, but to me, Freddie, Jason, Chucky, I, I just don't, I don't do anything horror, anything scary. And what's crazy is my kids are total opposite my middle daughter loves it that's like her she will like fall asleep to like the scariest movie out here oh god is she okay she was watching watching annabelle i don't know if you've seen the previews for that like annabelle she was watching that one day i was like yeah i was just about to go to sleep i'm like how i was up for like six weeks straight (laughs) if i seen a commercial does your husband like scary stuff he will watch it um but that's not like his go-to like he but he will watch it he he doesn't get freaked out like i do um he's more of a like a documentary buff like he loves a good documentary he will he will you put a documentary on and he's locked in so that's how you like get a babysitter for kyle you just put a documentary on and then you can like go do whatever you want to do <laughs> yeah that that but that's fitting to his personality he's real he wants to know real facts <laughs> Don't joke about anything. I need, he needs to be literal. (laughs) That is why it's so funny because like you have like such a dark sense of humor and he doesn't laugh at anything. I don't want to say it like that. He does laugh at things, but they have to be like true facts. Like if I'm telling him a story about something that happened to me and I'm telling it in a funny way, he, he does find that humorous, but you know how we can create the craziness. Like it's not literal. It's like we created this alternate universe where things happen. Like, like how I was dying laughing when you were talking about um, how you become friends with someone like, oh, yeah. I love the imagination part of it. Cause I can envision that. It's, I think it's just like his hard point of trying to envision it. Like Well, he could envision it. I told Kian once this was like, I always roll the dice when I'm making new friends. So I told him it was something like, 
I forget what he said. And this was before I knew where he lived. And I was like, oh, I, you said you lived near somewhere. And I said, yeah, I knew that. Cause I was looking in your windows last night. And then I realized that like, we weren't that good of friends yet that he easily could have been like, what the fuck? I'm like, this girl is crazy. <laughs> it's a good thing. I'm crazy too. So it was, I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I use how I usually break people into my humor is I usually make fun of me first, <laughs> so that you see that it's just me being humorous. Yeah. And you know, I think it has a lot to do with like I have a lot of cousins, and um, we grew up in that big mama house family, you know, where everybody comes to grandma's house after school, or we stay there on the weekends or whatever. So with my family, I grew up in New York. You you have to have a sense of humor or you will cry yourself mm -hmm. to death. <laughs> like they, <laughs> no, they, I mean, it's like the, the jabs that we do as cousins, it gets deep and personal. Like they're doing it as a joke, but it's really, yeah. I mean, like, don't let your mom be on crack. Cause that's going to be, out. that's it. That's all they're going to talk about. Flaws and insecurities. That is. Oh, anything, anything that you, if you say like, oh man, I put on 10 pounds or I feel so insecure about this. They will dig deep into that. So to like, to, you know how they always say like to get ahead of it, you make fun of yourself first oh, yeah. and then it kind of disarms them. Mm -hmm. I learned that from being with my family and like, it's like, you can't be sensitive about it because it's not that serious. Like if you take those things that serious, people are really going to get under your skin. So I have such a thick skin because of that. And I find it funny. Like <laughs> you, the things that really I've laughed at are terrible, but they're, they usually are about myself. Cause I Me will too. say that like, yeah, when I have a friend that like, if somebody says something that's like kind of fucked up about them, I'll yeah. be like, you really shouldn't say that. That's not yeah. funny. But then like, I'll turn around and say like literally the most fucked up thing you have ever heard, but it's about yeah. me. So that's okay. And the thing yeah. about it is like, I will protect my friends like that too. Like you can't say anything crazy about my friends. I'll, I'll protect them. But then when I go back to tell them what you said about them, I will say it like, it's so funny. <laughs> like this was actually <laughs> funny what they said about you, but I defended you. But let me tell you the funny <laughs> shit that they said. <laughs> You know what I mean? But I'll be like, but if face to face, like, don't talk to, don't talk about my friends like that. Like, that's crazy. You'll never say that. But when I return to Crystal, I'll be like, Crystal, Kean said the most fucked up shit, but it was so funny. I defended you. I didn't laugh at him, but let me tell you what he said. And, and then I'll like add on to it to make it even funnier. Yeah, but then we could laugh about it. But I also think you have to be careful because there's certain friends that can't take that you know yes, what I mean like there's some where you have to you can never tell them like I have friends that are so sensitive that you cannot ever under any circumstances tell them that somebody was laughing about them or making a joke but yeah. sometimes what I'll do then is I will then take the joke and then present it to the friend like hey look at how playful this is and like kind of funny mm -hmm. it usually backfires and they're like why would you say that about me but yeah, I actually am just recycling what someone's actual opinion of you is. Yeah. Well, I just I tried have, to make it funny. I yeah. have a cousin that me and her, like, we're, we're the worst to be around. <laughs> like, we, we literally say at any event, we need to stay separate from each other because it's nothing but chaos when we get together. <laughs> but when I was younger and, you know, we were together all the time, I was dating some guy who was like, Sue, 
super sensitive and insecure and things like that. And I remember one time he was at, it was like my first apartment that I was in by myself. And he was like putting this entertainment center together, you know, back when entertainment centers was a a thing. And we were just going in on him, like, and not in a mean spirited way, but just jokes. And he literally was like, what? And like threw the, like the screwdriver down and like walked out. And my cousin was like, that good riddance to him anyway because if he can't take us he can't be in this family like this is just me and you imagine if he met the rest of the family like you can't you can't be around and not take a joke and it wasn't like we were like saying you're a piece of shit (laughs) 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 you know we were just making jokes and it was funny it was so funny but he just like couldn't take it threw the screwdriver down and left and then that was like it and I was like oh, whatever <laughs> and but then the fucked up shit is like after he left we were like so who's gonna put this energy center together he didn't, he didn't finish it like, who's gonna finish this <laughs> well this sucks this backfired Dude, right? I can't take a fucking joke uh. But I think that, like, for me, anyway, going back to, (laughs) you know, the Twilight Zone episode, my main point with it was that so we've talked about this, I think, before on the show, like just, you know, you want to actually finally take the time and do it today. You know, like we talked about starting a book club. We always joked about having a podcast where we would say really fucked up stuff. We do say some fucked up stuff, but people have no idea what ends up on the cutting room floor because there is some stuff that just, it is if not we, appropriate for if the If we would release the uncut version of this, there would oh be God, we'd protests be in the streets against this little podcast <laughs> of 20, 20 people. It would, it would be crazy. We would definitely go viral. For for the wrong reason. There is no bad viral. Okay. All publicity is good publicity. That's what they okay. say. That's what they say. So, I mean, I'm still not going to risk it and release all the like weird shit that we've said, but <laughs> because I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or freedom in some places. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because I work at a pretty family oriented, like very wholesome company. So I feel like if they heard any of this, they'd be like, um, I don't know that there's a place for you here. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that you are quite psychotic. You're actually a piece of shit. <laughs> no, well, I said a lot of shit in my interview where they were like impressed because they thought I was joking, but then I'm just like sitting there like, oh, they're oh, this is getting laughs. Ha. Huh. Oh. <laughs> but, but I'm actually being serious. Actually serious. Yeah. They don't uh, know how crazy I really am. Right. Ooh, well, this is delightful, I suppose. Well, it's because like they're all very nice people. So I think that when you are a nice person, you think other people are very genuinely nice and you're naive about, you know, I I have the personality of a cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like everything else, you know, like when you have a sick sense of humor, that's what I say. Like I risk, I do roll the dice sometimes with people. And a lot of times that backfires real big. I made an abortion joke one time at the office that somebody did not laugh at. Mm. 
Yeah, well, okay, but here was the joke. Okay, so somebody because oh, it annoys you tell me. The joke? I'm gonna tell the joke. So it annoys me when other women just like they don't know you and they're like, "Hey, do you have kids?" That annoys the shit out of me because like if I have kids, I'll talk about them, or I won't. Like I don't ask people if they have kids because it's also a sensitive. It's not a sensitive thing for me. I don't have them intentionally, so I'm not worried about that. But I just think there needs to be a sort of sensitivity to that when you are asking people that you don't know what position people have been in. Like it's just not. I don't think it's an appropriate question. If somebody has kids that they're not ashamed of, they'll tell you about them. So I just don't like the question. So this woman asks, like, because other people were talking about their kids and I wasn't even involved in the conversation. I'm just sitting at my desk and she's like, hey, do you have kids? And I said, "Uh, none that I kept. (laughs) which is not true which is not true i've never had an abortion not that 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 i take issue with it but it was just a joke and then she like looked at me like i was satan and immediately turned around and like went back to work and also that ended that conversation but other people laughed they thought it was funny so in that moment i knew who on my team was cool (laughs) the cleverness Oh, right off the cuff, that was that's terrible, but it's hilarious. I be thinking to myself, like, why, why are people so obsessed with like if he, if women have kids or not? Like, that's that's a whole nother issue in itself. Like, we're having a conversation here, and if if you're not talking about it, why would I turn to you like, hey, did you have kids? Like, right? Because how does she know that I haven't been trying for like five years? Yeah. You know, that's and maybe my thing you weren't that. in the conversation because it was so sensitive to you, like you didn't want. Exactly. Like, why would I turn around? You could have, even if you didn't do what you did, you could have been like, well, no, but I've been trying for seven years, and you know, fingers I'm- crossed. No, I mean, like, uh, they told me that I'm barren, but I won't give up hope, you know what I mean? And and I hope well, I'm still taking that- it raw every weekend. <laughs> I just, I just can't make Crystal a human being. I, <laughs> I really want kids, so I take it raw as often as possible, which is also not true. <laughs> I should probably just stop saying these things because there's going to be little sound bites out there that somebody might clip and send to my mother where I'm just like, I'm taking it raw every weekend. <laughs> and as always, getting deep on the ACBC podcast. <laughs> so wrapping this up, because, you know, we, we want to thank Kian for joining us today. Hopefully we didn't scare you off, you know you're always welcome to come back and discuss a book if, if you want to read it or listen to an audio book. If you want to come back, we welcome you. Um, we'll get back next week with November's book choice, which we don't know what it is yet. So hopefully we figure that out because <laughs> we need your help. We need the listeners to help us pick our book for November. So send us your suggestions for our next book. Yeah, and we- I have a suggestion. Oh, you guys are bibliophiles. I consider myself a cinephile. I like movies, so I watch a lot of movies. So, if you ever do a book that there's a movie of, oh, I can watch the movie. You guys read the book, and then we can compare because I like to do that. Like I like that's, to compare. That's a really good idea. We will you know? do that. We that's will definitely do that. Done. That's so. The next episode that you come back to, we will do that yeah 
Let's yeah, I like that. Do you have a, a movie or a book in mind or even a series? Because I know you'll watch TV series, too. Well, yeah, and there's a lot with there is, uh, especially now they've been doing yeah. that based on books like Little, Little Fire Fires Everywhere. Everywhere. I yeah. Didn't know it was a book. Um, I found that out after I watched it, that it was a book. So stuff like well, that. you think about it. We'll okay. we'll we'll put it together. But that's definitely already done. Yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. I like that. So we cannot express enough just how much we love ideas from our listeners, just like that fantastic idea that Kian just had that he was keeping to himself apparently until this moment. I mean, we talk Lord, a lot. We've been, we've been crying about like, give us suggestions. <laughs> Tell us what to do. Holding that on. Yeah. And he's got this ace up his sleeve. <laughs> this great idea. So let us know what you think about Time Enough at Last, any ideas that you may have, because we really do love hearing from all of our listeners. So DM us. We can also be reached by email at the ACBC podcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Instagram at ACBC podcast. So happy Halloween. Bye. So great. So this is where I try to find the recording button. <laughs> How is it? Do this every time you can't find the button. No, I, I think no, it was I always look at the bottom. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs>